Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, welcome to all our new listeners as well. I know we've picked up a few here and there, so wanted to say um, thanks for making us a part of your day. Uh, I wanted to say thank you to um, all our faithful listeners and even to our unfaithful ones. Thank you to all of you. You guys are awesome. Um, I want to talk today about our lifeline. You know, when you get born again, if you're not preached, if people don't, if you don't hear the right doctrine, you almost get this feeling of like life on this earth is just looking forward to meeting Jesus and trying not to backslide. And although we are looking forward, it's the great hope of the church. Hey, there's a day coming that we're going to stand before God and give an account for our lives. But it almost is like we're just filling time until we get there to stand before him. And that's not the case. And that's why preaching on the purpose that God has for my life. Number one, you need to know God has a plan for your life. The first part of that is that you make heaven. But there's an, there's an actual plan here on this earth. You know, if God's plan was only just to get people saved, then why, when they got saved, why didn't they, why don't we just immediately accept Jesus? And then and there's an instant rapture, you know, when you receive Jesus. But there's a, um, there's a, a plan that God has for our life. And so when you begin to dial in on God has something for me to do, whether it's I'm called to the ministry, whether I'm called to business, whatever it is, whatever it is, but that that we're hooking up with God's heavenly plan for the years that we have on the earth. Every person is called to be a soul winner, number one. And so we're not going to spend all our time standing there, but you, you, you end up aiming your life or you should end up aiming your life like, Lord, whatever it is you want from me while I'm here on this earth, show me. And I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to change. If it's changing careers, if it's stepping into this position, if it's moving to this city, whatever it is, Lord, I'm willing. And that's what prayers of consecration are for. Father, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And I'll say what you want me to say. And you don't take those lightly. Those are ones where you're surrendering all the all your decisions to the Lord. Lord, I, I wanted to do this, but I'm not going to do it because I feel you're leading me in a different direction. Right? But when you get in that, we have to remember what our lifeline is. As born-again believers, staying connected to the vine is the most important part of our life. You can read John 15, and I'm going to read um, from there now. But Jesus uh, begins to lay out really how we stay connected and, and, um, and how we stay fruitful for the kingdom of God. God's called you to be fruitful with your time here on the earth. John 15:1. I'm the true grapevine. And my father is the gardener, the husbandman. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words, everyone say words. I've been preaching a lot from the stage. Maybe you can tell by my voice being a little deeper and the fact that I'm having you repeat things over a podcast. My words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Verse um, 7 here, he's talking about prayer fruit. If your words, if my words remain in you, you'll produce fruit. You don't produce fruit in prayer without having the word of God in your heart. But God's called us to be fruitful. But there's a key, and it's remembering that the presence of God, that our personal relationship with Jesus, that our time alone with Him 
is the lifeline for everything that we do. Jesus is our example in ministry. Jesus is our example in life. That when he would pour out, he 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 had this he had this cycle of pouring out and then going and spending time in prayer. You know, our perspective on prayer really has to change. I, I say prayer is kind of a blanket word for our time communing with God. Prayer is communication. When I talk to you, we call it talking. When I talk to God, we call it prayer, right? He's God, I'm man. It's not just communication, it's prayer. So when I come and I could turn on worship music and just worship the Lord and not ask for anything, not, not you know, quote scriptures, but just worship the Lord. And that's prayer. I could come to the Lord and I can ask for, Lord, I need this, I need this breakthrough, and that's prayer. I could sit silently and sit in the presence of the Lord. Lord, I love you. Lord, you're wonderful. And that's prayer. But that becomes our lifeline for the things of God because you can get busy going after, and we're supposed to stay busy. You actually should be busy going after the things of God, but you shouldn't forget that staying attached, staying connected to the presence of God, always making time personally. There'll never be a time in your life where you graduate belong uh, beyond spending time in prayer with the Lord. Oh, you know, I've pressed in enough, I've fasted enough time, I don't have to have prayer to sustain me. Prayer is your lifeline where you draw on the Spirit of God, and really it's the joy of your life. On the outside, you know, you use a word like prayer and it can seem like a boring thing. Oh, I know I got to spend more time praying. But once you get in there and you're spending time in the presence of God, it's like, I I woke up this morning. And I came into my office and I turned on worship music and I started talking to the Lord and his presence showed up. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords, I visited with him this morning. What better, what else am I going to, what, is there anything else I can do better with my time than that? And so you see that there's a time for that. You know, even the, the way our minds work, we sometimes think, you see people say, I'm sold out to win souls. You know, you look, God ordains times for different things. So Jesus ministered, you know, he went and he would minister, but he also had time where he wasn't ministering, where he was being poured into, he was going to spend time with his father. There's times like camp meetings for us here at the river where yes, you know, we could just say, if we say, oh, we're, I'm just sold out for souls, then, then 16 hours a day, I'm just soul winning every day for the rest of my life. But you won't be effective doing that. Because why? Number one, you need to receive from the Lord. To, to give out, you have to have something to give. So there are, there are days, there are times, like summer camp meeting, these camp meetings, that where you set time aside. You know, I could be out on the streets winning souls, but I need to be inside my house, in my prayer closet, spending time with the Lord. There's time to stay busy with the work of God, but there's time to also take a step back and say, I'm hooking up to the lifeline. In His presence is fullness of joy. You know that you have to actually protect your fruitfulness. You have to protect your joy. I'm going to read a scripture to you in in Joel. Joel chapter 1 and verse 12. Joel 1 and verse 12, and it begins to list while I'm finding it here. It begins to list, um, there it is, Joel 1, 12. And he says, the grapevines have dried up, the fig trees have withered, the pomegranate trees, palm trees and apple trees, and the fruit trees, they've dried up. Because the joy has withered away from the sons of men. Joy makes you fruitful. So for you to be fruitful for God, you need to stay joyful. And how do you do that? In his presence is fullness of joy. Allow yourself to relax. I know people are busy. You've got work. You've got different things. Even if you're not called to the ministry, you're called to be fruitful in your scope of influence. You should still, 
even if you're not in the ministry, you should still learn to stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost. To refresh yourself, to be a person who's led by the Spirit of God. Being led by the Spirit is not reserved just for uh, just for ministers. It's for all people, that God will put people in your path. You know, when you go to work, if you're not called to the ministry or if you're not in the full-time ministry right now, if you go to work, there's still people God wants you to minister to. We're all ministers of the new covenant, the Bible says. We're all ministers of reconciliation. So there's people, and you can learn. You don't have to wait till you're in the ministry. Learn now. The Lord speaks and says, hey, that person's going through a tough time. And you just say, hey, you know, God put me on your heart, felt like you were going through a tough time. I just want to tell you, God loves you. And he's, it doesn't have to be you know, complex. God loves you, and he's got a great plan for your life. That word is like a, a fresh word in due season. People will break down. Man, I don't know. It's been such a tough time. There was a gentleman. I've told you the story before, but I was on the phone with, um, uh, I was talking to uh, some customer service, and I was about to hang up, and I felt the Lord say, tell him about, tell him about me. And uh, I just said, hey, man, his name was Eric. Hey, I just wanted to tell you, God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And he said, man, you have no idea how much I need to hear that. He's like, I'm going through a tough time with my wife. And I thought he's like, marriage is on the rocks or whatever. And he said, uh, my wife has cancer and um, uh, we're just going through, he was a young guy. He's like, we're just going through a tough time. Um, a Hispanic guy and he's in Miami. And I just said, well, can I pray for you? I said, God's put me on the phone with you. Can I pray for your wife? He said, yes. I said, I'm going to rebuke it and it's going to go. And I, st- I cursed cancer. I said, cancer, go in Jesus' name. And then I had him pray with me. I didn't even really preach the gospel. I just said, Eric, this is a prayer for you to pray to surrender your life to Jesus. You've got to give your life 100% to the Lord. Pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, right? And got him to pray with me. But it was like moments like that where I could have just easily been like, nah, I'm busy. He's going to think whatever. But you step out in faith and God will will use you uh, in those areas. And you don't have to be in full-time ministry. You know, the next day he texts me, hey, I don't know if you remember me. Um, this is Eric. And my, I gave him my phone number at the end of the call. And uh, he texts me. He said, um, I don't know if you remember me. You prayed for me on the phone yesterday. He said, my wife had a checkup uh, last yesterday evening or yesterday late afternoon. And she went in. And when she went in for the checkup, the cancer is completely gone. <laughs> That's the power of the name of Jesus, that before she goes in, you know, we curse. I don't know if this dude's ever been to church. I don't know what his religious affiliation was, but one phone call that God uses you and, and the Lord will put you in places, but you stay connected to the vine. Remember what your lifeline is. For many of you, you're, you're trying to make it seem like everything's good, but you feel like you're running on fumes and you need to take time to refuel. You need to take time, whether it means waking up early, to, you know, taking a day that you're not working and not going out and like hanging out with people and just saying, Lord, I'm going to come. I'm going to sit in your presence. I'm going to turn on worship music and I'm going to pray. Start by praying. If you don't know what to do, start by praying in tongues. Start by just talking to the Lord and telling him how awesome he is. Lord, I love you. You're the King of Kings. You know, most prayers you see in the in the Old and New Testament, they start by uh, extolling or praising God. God, you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Lord, you have a mighty right hand. You rescued us. You rescued the Israelites out of Egypt. You know, you start by just saying, Lord, you saved me. I want to say thank you. You're mighty. Lord, thank you for all you've done. And then just talk to the Lord. Spend time. Pray in tongues. Stir yourself up. Pray in tongues. And then spend time with the Lord. You get, you get spiritually recharged when you do that. And that's our lifeline. So don't forget the lifeline that we came out of. Fruitfulness is how connected you stay to the vine. Yes, we, we, it isn't the only thing that we do. We remember that there's a balance. You know, if all I do is go to revival meetings at some point, what's the point of me getting revived if I don't take it to a lost and dying world? Jesus' life was the perfect pattern. Ministering 
and then getting refueled and ministering and getting refueled. You never stop one to do the other. You continue ministering and you get refueled. So you take a week like camp meeting and you're, and you're getting refueled. And then you know, hey, there's people that God's going to have me pour into. If you're being poured into and you're not pouring into other people, that's a problem. And so you have to begin to look and say, why am I, you know, Lord, I want you to come and touch me. Why? You're not reaching out and touching other people. He, the anointing comes for a purpose. He doesn't touch you so you can feel good. He touches you so you can go out and touch the world. You know, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, Jesus isn't on planet earth in a human body. You are, you are the Jesus to this generation. You learn how to win souls. I'm asking you, if you don't know how to win souls, go to revival.com today. Look up the soul winning script. If you go to Google and type in soul winning script, you'll pull it up. Memorize it and go win someone to Jesus today. Just approach somebody. Hey man, I just wanted to tell you, can I read this to you? God loves you and he's got a great plan for your life. Let me ask you a question. If today was the last day you had on earth, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? You, you just read it and make that a part of your life. There's no substitute for pouring out. So remember your lifeline and remember that people need you in your city, whether it's Tampa, whether it's wherever you're listening from. People need you. They need you full of the presence of God, full of the power of God. Life becomes simple when you realize, get poured into, pour out. Well, I want more anointing. Keep pouring out and God will pour more. <laughs> if you don't pour out, it's like, you've got a gun, go use it. Well, no, I want a better gun. No, go use the one that you have, and then you'll get a better gun after that. Go use what you've got. The lifeline is the presence of God. Take time today to hook up to the presence of God. I love you. God bless you. On a little side note, today is my birthday. I turned 34. I'm in uncharted territory. I've, I've, I've always looked at like, following Jesus. And and so when I came to 30, I was like, Jesus wouldn't do his ministry at 30 years old and then 33 last year. But now I've outlived Jesus on, on earth uh, in, in his bodily form. So I'm 34 now. So there's that too. Um, well, love you. God bless you. We'll see you on the next podcast.